Hi everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two friends discuss all of our favorite TV shows and movies. This week marks our 20th episode. Welcome to The Witcher, Season 1, Recap Part 1. Daria, how are you? Oh, I am good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I it's somehow it is like almost the middle of December. Listen, do not rush it, okay? I'm just <laughs> like, what this- happened? <laughs> I know. I cannot and I Clearly, we talk about this a lot, but, like, I don't know where 2021 went. It's just gone. It's done. It's over. Thank Nothing God. matters I'm for ready. the next three weeks. I know. I just, though I saw, I already want to tell you what I saw because it's, like, kind of depressing, but, like, I'm just going to share this pain. Um, That I saw someone being like, yeah, I'm ready for year three. Bring it on. And I was like, oh, no. Yes. Why would you put it that way? I know. I know, but it is. It's year three. <laughs> Fuck. It's true. I know. It's like crazy bonkers. Just what? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like a moment of silence, Jennifer. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but I'm ready. Uh, 2021. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, we have finally gotten to the, I can't even remember what the name of the, like, world is for the Witcher. Doesn't, you know, they have, like, a, like, the the world. What's the world called? It has a name. It's not just, it like, the random. <laughs> Doesn't it have, like, a name? I don't know. I felt like it was a name. It was, like, a, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know how, like. In Game of Thrones, it's like Westeros. Yes. Yes. Is there like... I don't think there is. I think there's just like a whole bunch of like random kingdoms that are not called one specific thing. It's just called the world, the earth, or the globe. Oh, okay. Well... Approximately 90% of land is in the northern hemisphere. Okay. Interesting. Mm, That's troubling. (laughs) (laughs) almost all the action in the witcher series takes place on the landmass that is called the continent okay i knew there was something the continent i was not totally wrong that's what i was thinking of the word the continent all right well welcome back to the continent yes we have finally arrived we are ready uh, original name i know we are ready to talk about geralt geralt there's so many names for him. I think it's Geralt. Geralt. Of it's like Rivia. a GIF GIF kind of thing. Is it? Geralt of Rivia. Played by everyone's favorite. Nerd. Ultra nerd. Ultra nerd. Henry Cavill. Yeah. So I, did you know, so I don't know, some people may not know that Henry Cavill basically, like, championed this series of books and video games to be made into 
this TV show um, for him to star in. <laughs> Which is like, imagine having that power, being like, I like this book, make a TV show about it so I can play my favorite character. Listen, I appreciate it. I feel like you need... I feel like with with stuff like this, you need a really dedicated fan to sort of have an influence in it because we have seen so many bad adaptations. <coughs> Game of Thrones. Um, so it's really nice to see someone like actually really care about the content and the quality and yeah. the adherence to the actual text. Like obviously. Yeah. These stories are very dense and oh have a lot of God, folklore so and like <laughs> so probably aren't the easiest to adapt for live action. For sure, yeah. So it's 10 days until The Witcher Season 2 comes out. Woohoo. And by the time you are actually listening to this, it will be eight days. Eight days. So Daria and I are going to do what we did with Ten Lasso Season 1. Um, and do a super condensed recap of Witcher Season 1 just to get us ready uh, to go for Season 2. Um, we're going to try to keep it as quick as possible. <laughs> We've split it up into two episodes. So we're going to do Episode 1 through 4 tonight. And Episode 5 through 8 will be next week. And then we will be ready. Mm-hmm. For episode one, which we will be airing our recap of on the 23rd of December, uh, right before Christmas. And then we'll see you Merry Christmas, bitches. Merry Christmas. That's right. And like, obviously, Netflix drops their entire season at once. So we will be probably binging it over the Christmas holiday. Yes. But we still want to drop week by week just to sort of like really live in each episode. Yeah. So we give hope all, that you'll tune in with us through Give all of January. our thoughts. Yeah, exactly. February? How many? What is... In, yeah. Math is hurting my brain right now. Uh, yeah, it'll be... <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. It will be the second week of February when we finish. And hopefully by then we will have heard um, when our beloved The Last Kingdom is coming out because we are super excited to be recapping the final season of that. And Netflix drop a teaser already. Please, please, please. please. Um, Give us something. Just a date. Just a date. We got schedules to fill. We got um, schedules to fill. We got shit to do. I wanna. I wanna see Uhtred. I know. Please. I know. Where's our baby Uhtred? We also are looking forward to the upcoming season of Bridgerton, which will get us awesome deep dive by us as well. Woo woo! And we have a couple other things in the bag. So yes, we do. Without further ado, should we start? I think we should start. Okay. So. You know, for those of you who might actually be unfamiliar with Witcher, um, which, like, kudos to you for (laughs) even attempting um, to listen to us, probably Butcher, season one. Um, (laughs) We're not biased at all. Uh, The Witcher is a series based on books 
and the books have also been turned into a video game. It's like this like beautiful, vast universe. It's about the legend of Geralt of Rivia and a young girl named Princess Ciri who are linked to each other by destiny. And of course, there are some like other amazing characters, but it is really about this <laughs> poor witcher who is, it's basically his life is defeating evil creatures and protecting the people around him. Um, and you know, it's like a very lonely, frustrating existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really fun to watch. So that's our like very quick, quick recap of what, you know, the show is. Yeah. The, this episode's over. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> It's just about a cool, grumpy dude and his princess daughter, basically. Yeah, exactly. He takes a lot of baths. Um, <laughs> Thank God <laughs> for us, the viewer. So, <laughs> so because um, the first four episodes are so dense and because the timelines of the big three characters do not intersect, um, Daria and I are going to talk about them separately. So we're going to talk about um, Geralt's arc through episode one to four series arc episode one to four Yennefer's arc one to four and then starting next week that's when the timelines start to merge and that's when we'll sort of do a more chronological-ish recap we're gonna see but it's gonna see yeah it it's a little bit messy still <laughs> <laughs> so um when the show opens we meet Geralt, he is fighting this insane, crazy monster. He's got his lavender eyes. He's got his long silver hair. He's got his black veins in his face. <laughs> like he's it is, real hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is super interesting to me because, like, when... The thing that the show does that I find really interesting is that it doesn't explain anything. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you just get dropped into Geralt's story and you don't know what he is. You don't know what he does. You just know that there's this like big beefy man fighting this like mythical creature. Yeah. And it's a whole fucking mess. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, basically. Like the show really trusts you to sort of figure it out on your own as you're watching. Yeah, which in a show that is basically a fantasy, like the the story is really a fantasy, um, though it's obviously has like its roots in some sort of like dark age, iron age, British folklore, uh, folklore. Yeah. like it, the 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 scenery and what people wear and how they talk is definitely like medieval times ish. Yeah, it, <laughs> um, it definitely follows the trend of every fake fantasy world yeah. ever made, being yeah. that it's basically the Middle Ages in Europe. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> Lord I, of the Rings, yeah. Game of Thrones, Thrones, Wheel of Time. Like, uh, they all yeah. are set in the same visual. Even gimmick. Shadow and Bone kind of is like yes. that too. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely, it does not escape that trope. <laughs> but uh, it does lend itself to, the, the, the set does lend itself to sort of giving that sort of, you know, um, northern hemisphere kind of 
vibe, which is what it talks about in the book. So, yeah, so we find out he's killing this monster. We kind of, he comes to a town to, like, sell the monster because people want to buy it sometimes. Yes, it's, the town is Blaviken. Yeah, and everyone is like, oh, fuck off, Witcher, we don't like you. Turns out right, no one because, likes Witchers. <laughs> yes, like. Surprise! The, the first thing that we learn about a Witcher is that no one fucking likes them. No which one is likes them, yeah. hilarious yeah. to me. yeah. So, basically, they are some sort of, like, we don't get a super good description of what witchers are, but basically, they're, like, some sort of, they're, they're humans that were turned into some sort of, like, offspring of, like, hell or something, I think is the term that I heard use. Like, they're very, like, they're definitely magical in some way. Yeah, they're, like, gifted this power, basically, and it's, like, kind of dope. I mean, night vision, some, like, weird, um... Yeah, like, he can, like, uh, push things away, like, tele- yes. telekinetic. He has, like, some telekinetic something. powers. He can also do, like, force fields. Yeah, and he also can't really die. Like, yeah. he, he, like... He can die, but, like, he has a really high yeah. threshold for, like massive pain and right right so maybe he like like, heals quicker than others yeah 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 so basically he is persona non grata in blaviken they're like get out we don't want you and that's when he meets renfrey oh renfrey so i love this show like i'm gonna put it out there i love i love it i love it i love it i love it but (laughs) Uh-huh. You can definitely tell that this was written originally by a dude because Renfrey's whole story is that because she is a girl, <laughs> because yep. of her, like, things that are, like, beyond her control, she's considered evil because of when she was born and she's, like, one of many, yes. like, the these young girls with dark powers. Yes, basically. the curse of the black suns. Yes, aka which is a whole bunch of blah 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 misogyny. Yeah, because really all it means is that she was born during an eclipse, and <laughs> that is it. Um, and so, <laughs> um, basically, there's like this magician guy wizard i don't know what you want to call it wizard stregobor guys daria knows so much more about this show than i do because i'm just like randomly pulling these things from my brain (laughs) he is really into girls born during an eclipse (laughs) yeah he it's like he he has this obsession with trying to find these girls because they you know, whether they know it or not, are born with this, like, energy and power. And And he wants to use it. Because there is this, like, legend that says this someone named Lilith is going to come and, like, these girls are going to help her, like, kill everyone on Earth. Which, like, okay. Go on, girl. Peace out, Girl boss. (laughs) <laughs> so he has been like collecting these girls um and putting them in like towers and then basically like forcing them to be go crazy 
and then killing them for going crazy and then cutting them open and seeing what's wrong with them. It's it's disgusting. Feels like the and... Victorian ages. <laughs> oh, shit, man. It feels like the US right now. I know. Um <coughs> but this is when we find out that like Geralt has his own sort of moral code. Yes. He fights monsters. He fights creatures with like no souls. He yes. doesn't get involved in human affairs. He doesn't want to hurt a human. And it, it has he has no interest in finding Renfrey and killing her. Yeah, he also doesn't really seem to like humans, but he definitely doesn't want to kill them. Right. Like, he really just wants to, like, do his thing yeah. with his horse yeah. and get paid. Yeah, like, everyone hates witchers. Witchers kind of hate everyone also. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like a, like, symbiotic relationship in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, Geralt is like, no, I'm not going to look for her. I'm not going to hunt her. I'm not going to kill her. See you later. But, of course, <laughs> Renfrey has been through some shit. And she's got a lot going on, too. And she just sort of, like, wants to do her thing. And so she's going to go after Stregobor and try right. and kill him. Right, yeah. So she tells Geralt, kind of, Geralt, her side of the story. And he's like, yeah, cool. Um, You can't do that. Though. I'm not going to let you kill anyone either. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you, but you're not going to kill anyone. And she's like, actually, I am. But first, I'm going to seduce you and sleep with you in the woods. <laughs> Go on, girl. Like, uh, if, if that's it, if you're going on a suicide mission, like, at least. Right? Exactly. At least get laid. <laughs> right. So It is interesting, though, that he's like, I'm not going to get involved in this, but I'm going to get involved in this to prevent you from getting involved in this. Like, it is, right. it's like you can see Geralt sort of, like, fighting with himself to, yeah. to not get involved, even though he feels like he has some sort of, I don't know, I think he immediately feels protective of Renfrey mm-hmm. and, like, wants to help her, but he doesn't want her to go down this, like, super dark path. Right. And that is when either, like, when he is, like, she's kind of, like, drugged him or some sort of put him in some sort of trance. But before he wakes up, that's when he hears her say, there's a girl in the woods looking for you. A dun dun dun. Da da dun. He's like, he wakes up and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> Basically. And then goes to find uh, Renfrey. Um, and then there is this wicked ass battle. <laughs> And when I say battle, it is just Geralt. <laughs> it's a massacre, basically. It's a massacre. Um, but I it's mean, it's an amazingly choreographed fight scene. And yeah. I hate fight scenes. I really dis- <laughs> like I really do. Like I have seen some painful fight scenes starring Henry Cavill, actually. <laughs> um Oh, you don't mean pumping your fist uh is a super cool fighting technique? Listen, I will not have you talking bad about my love for psychopathic killer August, okay? (laughs) What I was referring to was the extended terrible fight scenes in Superman. Um, Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. But... I I co-sign those. (laughs) Yeah, but it is a really good fight scene, and basically he takes on all of Renfri's gang of guys on his own um and quickly gets rid of them (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Like, blink and you miss it, gone. Yeah. Uh, and then he has to fight Renfrey herself. Yeah. And she's, she's like, quite adept. Like, she really does give him a run for his money, which is, is nice to see. I mean, you know, she hasn't gotten this far. But right, by exactly. Luck. Right, right, right. But in the end, uh, he ends up killing her. So that is when Stregobor arrives because he wants, he feels like, all right, Geralt did the thing that I asked him to do. Now I'm going to take this body away and investigate because I'm a creepy, creepy man. (laughs) Right, right. And when Geralt says no, the entire town is like, well, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you're useless and we don't want you around. Yeah, remember we said we hate witchers. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think think in terms of character introductions it's a really interesting take because he's sort of he's not sort of he's definitely a just giant anti-hero like he has no oh, yeah <laughs> no yes. interest in like no anything the show throws at him basically no and for the first four episodes i really think that's a a recurring theme is you know, he's looking to make some money. He's looking to rid the world of some monsters. And every single time he thinks it's going to be simple, it's definitely not simple. Right. It's actually, like, always the opposite of simple. It's always the most annoying thing he's ever done in his entire life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. And, like, at the end of that scene, at the end of episode one, like, his his part of episode one... You really feel bad for him because, like, he kind of is, like, totally shunned by these townspeople. And, like, you can kind of tell that, like, he this is not the first time this has happened. It's not shock to him. But it's yeah. still, like, you can kind of see how, like, demoralizing it kind of is despite how he says that he, you know, like, he doesn't really care about humanity. He's still affected by it. So, yeah, you definitely almost instantly are like, okay, yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Fighting you, for the underdog, right? You love Geralt by the end of the yeah. first episode. <laughs> and then in episode two. Yes. And it's a few years later. Mm-hmm. Geralt is hired to investigate some thefts in a different town. They're like green thefts and they can't figure it out. And when he's hired... Jenny, correct me if I'm wrong, it's in a tavern. Yes. And that is when he runs into everyone's favorite dandelion, um, Jaskier, who yes. is a bard. Yes. And he is like, hey, you're the witcher. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to write songs about you. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Yeah. And and similar to Geralt, <laughs> he is also sort of a, like, just fucking mess. Like... He gets, like, vegetables are thrown at him. Like, he's not exactly the best bard in the world. No, like, people are not um, super into him. Um, but he's he's an opportunist enough that he knows that if he, like, right. draws his hitch to Geralt's wagon, he can, like, yeah, you know, claim some fame. I think one of my favorite parts of Jaskier's introduction is that he saves all the vegetables that they throw at him <laughs> to, like, eat later. Right? Yes. It's, like, my I favorite. I love it. Love, love, love that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they go on this little like monster of the week mission. Um, it ends up that like they think it's a de- the, well, the townspeople who asked him to 
investigate are like, oh, it's a devil, but Geralt's like, it's not a devil. Um, <laughs> and basically it ends up being just like this weird goat man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't remember what they're called, but no. it's basically like a human body and a goat head. Yeah, and there is some reference that um, Geralt makes to his mother fucked a goat at some point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, Which, like, you don't know if it's just an insulting joke about some, like, mythical species or... Where he's, like, 100% legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or if, like, that's a thing that happens back then. Right. Um. So then we find out that, no, this guy just, like, um... Uh, so he refuses to kill him, but then they're kidnapped by the people who this goat man was working for, which are elves, um, who've been forced, um, basically into these caves by the humans. And is that when we find out sort of about what happened to elves? Yes. That's sort of the introduction to the fact that, like, beyond Geralt, there's a lot of just world history that we're learning and so that's yeah. when we learn that the elves ha- was with Nilfgaard, right? Or was uh, it No, with- it was Sintra. Sintra. Sintra is the one that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we find out that Sintra had this huge battle with the elves and, like, really kind of, it was like a genocidal Yeah, oh, like, Sintra, war. by the way, is a kingdom in the continent. Yes. In case. And we will talk more about Sintra later on we in will. this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they kind of find out what's happening, and then Geralt is basically like, yo, I hate humans, and humans hate me too. And they're also like, yeah, okay, sure. And then they let him go. <laughs> and Jaskier is like so impressed so that they didn't impressed. just get murdered that yeah. he writes this like whole song about him. About how, which yeah. Which is kind of a bop. About how, like, Geralt's, like, killed, like, 300 elves and, like, it's it's so fantastical. But it, it ends up, like, well, we find out in the following episode, um, it's time, more time has passed. And Geralt is, like, at a brothel with a sex uh-uh. worker. And yeah. we find out that, like, he's kind of a legend now from Jaskier's songs. Um, and he, of course, hates that. He hates yeah, everything about it. Like a far cry from the way people were treating him like 15 years before. Right. right? Like, exactly. Yeah. It's totally like he, <laughs> Jaskier is like, he is like Geralt's social media manager. Okay. Like yeah. he has <laughs> reformed that person. image. Okay. He is his 13th century hype man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, in this episode, I don't think Jaskier's with him, though, right? Uh, no, not in this He one. goes to Tamiria, right? Yeah. Yes. So, it's definitely a few years later, mm-hmm. and Geralt enters the kingdom of Tamiria to investigate a monster. Right. And we don't really know anything about it, but we know that the town is terrified of it, and it's, like, haunting this castle. And that's when he meets um, Triss Marigold, who mm-hmm. we find out is the sorceress advisor to King Foltest. And so throughout the episode, Geralt kind of identifies that the monster is a Striga, which is this like female demon. Witch it's like a curse. Kind of, yeah. 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 It's a creature born from a curse. So it was a human at one point. And now it's this crazy monster lady. Right. And 
Geralt in his investigations discovers that it's the princess. Like, it's a princess. But he can't figure out who... Wait, right. Am I correct? It's not his sister. It's the daughter, right? Yeah, it's the father. No. Wait. I'm totally bullshitting lying. Okay. Okay. So, as he investigates, he finds out it's the Striga and it's Princess Ada. Like, he... Yeah. Yes. Goes through the castle and figures out that it's the king's sister. Sister, yes. And that she was pregnant. Yes. Yes, she was pregnant. Yes. And he's trying to investigate who the father is. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he thinks that whoever the father is will understand how she became cursed. Right. Yes. And then I feel like he finds some letters. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, because he he confronts the king. He, like, locks everyone out of the king's chambers and and is like, you weren't surprised when I mentioned that she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like, he figures out that, like... You know, maybe the king was having an affair with his sister. Right. Lannister style. Yeah. Full on Cersei and Jaime. Um, The king, of course, denies it. And he's like, well, I found these letters. Like, I I know that, I know that your relationship was condemned. And I know that there's some, like, shady shit going on. Right. There's a courtier who works with the king named Ostrit. And we find out. That he is the one who actually curses the princess because he found out he found out about the affair and he he was in rapes. love with her, right? Yeah, and he rapes her. Yes, because that's when girl is like, I smelled the sheets, like I know what you did, right? Um, yes, and so he uses Ostrit as bait to contain Princess Ada and lift the curse. And it's also another spectacular like fight. So scene. good. So good. So, so good. And what's really great about it is, like, once Geralt realizes that this isn't just a regular monster, he figures out a way to save her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which, again, goes to prove the kind of person he is, even if he doesn't want to admit it. For someone who hates humans, he sure loves saving them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's exactly... Yeah. Injected into my vein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, after that, Geralt and Joskier meet up again. Yeah, and it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, I think, what, six years or something? Something. Like, it's been like a it's decent chunk of time. Been, yeah, I want to say... Yeah, it's been, like, six years. Six years. Yeah. Okay, so it's been, like, six years. Jaskier is in a tavern... And he's writing down the story that he's being told by these townspeople of this amazing story about Geralt and how he was, like, fighting this monster and he was eaten. Right? I think that's what it was. He was eaten or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they're, like, alluding to Geralt's, like, heroic death. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and he's gets, he gets eaten up by this monster. And Jaskier is just, like, writing all this down because he's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be another great song. <laughs> and but then, he doesn't believe that Geralt is dead. No, he doesn't really seem to. He just seems to be like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> like, yeah. this, is gr- this is great material. This is content. I got this a lot of content. And then Geralt, like, walks in, and he's just, like, 
drenched in guts. Like, guts and mud and just, like, is so gross. But such a great entrance. It's such a great entrance. And what's really cute about it is Jaskier is like, look at what I did for you, dude. Yeah. Like, you would be nothing without me. And it's to true. sort of, like, pay him back, Garal agrees to accompany Jaskier to this betrothal feast. Because it turns out that Jaskier's a little bit of a fuckboy and has had too many affairs with married women. And he's, so like, walking into many. the lion's den. Right. And he so needs Garal to be his bodyguard. Right. But <laughs> one of my favorite, like, running gags is, like, that Garal is just this, like, super outdated, like, dressed kind of dude, and he always looks like crap. Um, Jaskier dresses him in these, like, very not-witcher-like clothing, and he gives him a bath, which, like, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah, that's when Um, we get our first bath with Geralt looking, mm, fine, fine, fine. Yes. Um, But immediately, as soon as Geralt walks in, he gets made fun of for his, like, ridiculous clothing. Yes. It, it, I mean, it is quite the velour jacket. It's got, like, real Chris Evans vibes to it. <laughs> uh, and only so many people can pull off a velvet blazer. But, like, listen, he does. I mean, He does. I he it. totally like, does. Like, I prefer my girl dirty and beaten and yeah. in black leather. But, like, listen, it wasn't a bad look. No, it totally wasn't. So, they are in the kingdom of Sintra. We told you we'd talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, they meet... Um, Queen Calanthe, 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 and who we met, who, well, who we met in the first episode, which we will talk about later, and it's someone else's storyline. But this is when we start to sort of understand that the timeline that we see Geralt in is a little bit different than the timelines that we're seeing all the other characters in. Yes. And it's it's like when you kind of realize as the audience that like, oh, this show is just, it's just moving and it's on us to sort of figure out what's right. going on. <laughs> right. And it takes literally till episode eight to figure that out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but they are in Sintra. They meet Queen Calanthe. Uh, they meet Princess Pavetta? Pavetta. Pavetta. Um, and it is her wedding feast, and this is the feast that Jaskier wants to go, wanted to go to, but there's, like, lots of his ladies there and their husbands. So, it's all, like, pretty fun. And then, I think, almost, like, right away, Jaskier gets, like, accosted by some other king who's like, you slept with my wife! And then (laughs) Geralt saves him by... Telling him he's a eunuch. <laughs> I love that part. Um, yeah, and it kind moment. of like diffuses. Yeah, uh, the situation. He's like, "Wow, couldn't be that guy. He doesn't even have any balls." Right, exactly. And then I think that is when Calanthe is like, "Witcher, get over here." <laughs> yeah, and they like they. I totally forgot. That they like get flirty, like they get real flirty. They do. Well, and Calanthe is like really close to being like, "Hey, dude, do you want to be my man?" Because like, yeah, no, you're she, a badass, and she, I'm a badass, and like, imagine that union. Yeah, and he's like, "Nah, girl, nah." <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, but they are kind of flirting and like he's clearly enjoying himself. And then she says something about like making more witchers or something like that. And he's like, no, you can't make any more witchers. Not since the death of Care Morhan. Again, what the story, this TV showed us best, they don't Just explain it whatsoever. Just drop in crumbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you remember next season. Yeah, exactly. And that is when we sort of, the action of this scene happens. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is like Calanthe's introduction is unlike a lot of other, like you wouldn't expect it. She's, she comes in in armor and covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she was just on the battlefield, but mm-hmm. there's this feast to figure out who is good enough for her daughter. And like, no one is good enough for her daughter. And we see this guy come in who calls himself the Urchin of Erlenwald. Mm-hmm. And he's like wearing a full suit of armor, he's covering his face. And he goes into this whole story to demand Pavetta's hand through the law of surprise. Because he had saved her father. So Calanthe's like... First husband. First husband. Um, Saved his life years earlier. And he had claimed this thing, the law of surprise. And like that's (laughs) obviously a huge part of this show. And we'll get into it more um, a little bit later. But like... The law of surprise could be anything. I think it could be a sheep. It could be a dog. It could it's, be land. It's like whatever surprise you get next is yeah. now owed to the person who's who you owe the debt to, basically. Right, because you don't have it before, but you come into it, and if it's that, that's it, and then you owe that to that person. Yeah. But then it's like, it gets a little funky. That urchin, who also nicknamed, I think, like, Dunny or Dooney or, Dooney, or whatever Dooney. it is. Yeah. He Dooney, had yeah. met Pavetta. Yeah. Without knowing that she was, I think, the child, the, like, law of surprise. I think so, And they so, fall yeah. in love. Right. But we find out that he's cursed. And he right. looks like a hedgehog. <laughs> he looks like a hedgehog. So, like, good for Pavetta for not being vain and focusing on appearances. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and then, basically, she, she kind of is like, oh, well, the law of surprise fine i guess well no she doesn't she no she um tries to kill oh i thought that was after okay no sorry yeah go ahead yeah yeah, yeah. so even though pavetta's into it yeah Calanthe's like absolutely not and because the law of surprise is respected by so many people when calanthe's men go into attack urchin or dooney um that's when Geralt jumps in because he's right. like Listen, there are rules, and we have to obey them. Right. And um, Mausak, who is a wizard mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. working with Calanthe, he even intervenes. Also, this one guy who's been, like, desperately trying to marry the queen for years right. also jumps in. So it's, like, yeah. three guys fighting mm-hmm. off all these men, and they are, like, whooping ass. And Calanthe oh, yeah. knows <laughs> that, like, she is not going to win this. Right, right, right. And that's when Pavetta, like, jumps in. Oh, my God, yeah. To save him. And she, like, lets out this, like, wicked, crazy scream that we have seen before Mm -hmm. in someone else. We'll talk about later. And, like, unleashes this crazy power to prevent everyone um, from hurting him. Right. Yes. 
Um, and so then I guess after that, that is when Calanthe is like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I didn't right. realize that you have this power that I guess was like, is they are is it talked about then that like the power she had, Calanthe didn't inherit, but her mother had it and her grandmother yeah, her had mother it had or it. something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so then they, she like bless basically agrees for them to get married and blesses them and Dooney's curse is broken. Um, and he tells, um, Geralt, um, that he owes him a debt and Geralt's like, no, 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 I'm fine. And he's like, no, he's like, you have to, you have to claim something. And he's like, okay, well I claim the law of surprise, you know, like just kind of like like, such a joke, like as a throwaway kind of like thing. Um, and, like, the a second later, like, Pavetta, like, vomits and, like, somehow everyone knows she's pregnant. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, it's like, yeah, it's fuck, like, dude, everyone is so mad at girl at that point. Right. It's like, how dare you? Um, yeah. And then there is, there is a conversation after that between Geralt and Musak, right? Yeah. And um, Geralt is like, no way. I don't want this baby. <laughs> and yeah. I'm never coming to claim her. Um, and Musak is like, no matter what you say, there's a bond now between you and this child. Like, it's going to be extraordinary. You have no choice. And Geralt's like, yeah, okay, whatever. See you later. Yeah, and it's definitely like, if you don't do this, then everything is going to go to shit. And he's yeah. like, ha, ha, ha. I don't believe in destiny. And that is so funny. Because since episode one, like, the thing that sort of has been, like, overarching for Geralt is this kid in the woods. <laughs> like, yeah. there's this thing that, yeah. like, everyone is talking to him about. And, like, he's got shit that he's got to, like, deal with. And yeah. he's just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to wander through the woods and kill some creatures and get paid. Yeah. And, like, that's my life and that's all I want. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of where we leave Geralt and Jaskier at the end of episode four. Yeah. And it's a beautiful introduction to Siri. It is. So Princess Cirilla um, is a princess of Sintra. She is the granddaughter of Calanthe, the daughter of Pavetta, and the baby who will one day be claimed by the law of surprise by Geralt. And of course, when we meet Siri in episode one, we have no idea about any of this. None of it. No. Like, none. We get these, like, very parallel storylines. And we don't know how they're going to interact. Mm -hmm. Um, So in episode one, we meet, like, 13-year-old Siri. She is under uh, Musak's care. I think he's, like, her tutor. Um, Oh, no, because it's in the battle. So she's been... She's been, they're like locked in the castle basically being like, yes, he's you can't leave, her. it's dangerous, I'm here to protect you, yeah. It's got yeah, them and yeah. like one guard or something. Yeah, so right, we we start, like once we get through um, Geralt's kind of storyline in episode one, we meet Siri at kind of like, uh, Sintra? What's the name of their town? Sintra, the yeah, Sintra, Sintra. Yeah, so we immediately see Sintra's at war with, with this land called Nilfgaard. Yeah. And, like, Nilfgaard, we immediately learn, like, they don't take prisoners. They just, like, brutalize you. Yeah. They're the bad guys. <laughs> they are, for sure, the big shitty kingdom that no one loves in right. this world. 
<laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, so there's, like, this big, huge battle. We see Calanthe, so the queen, Calanthe, we see her husband die, um, which we had seen, which we see later on in episode four. We see him. Um, he's the guy who eventually ends up marrying her, but he's the one who fights with Geralt and Musak um, at the at the wedding. So yes. we see him die, um, and she is very wounded. So Calanthe is brought back to the castle. She is not going to make it. <laughs> She's got no, and she, and and basically the 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 town the kingdom is falling. Like they're not going to yeah. win. Yeah, no, they're done for. And like instead of dying at Nilfgaard's hands, Calanthe commits. Like she jumps off a window ledge. Yeah, she jumps like, out the window. Yeah, yeah, she dies by suicide. Yes. So while that is happening. Uh, Musak and Siri are like trying to escape from the castle mm-hmm. and they oh. get attacked by guards. But first, before that happens, Calanthe tells Siri to find Geralt of Rivia. He is your destiny. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so Musak and Siri are trying to leave Cit- Sintra. Um, they get attacked. And she just, like, runs, right? She, um, she actually gets, I think, captured, but she screams. Yes, yeah, yeah, she's about to get captured, and she screams, and there's this one soldier guy from Nilfgaard. Mm-hmm. I, you don't find out his name for, I don't know if you find out his A name A little at while, all. I think. Yeah, but he has this, like, crazy helmet that looks like a bird. Yeah, and he's 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 terrifying. Yeah, and so she he's like coming to get her, like he's gonna get her, and she yeah. like lets out this insane scream that like just like he is like clutching his head, like he cannot walk. He like he's freaking out, and the ground between them like just breaks open and like starts to fall away, and like so he can't get her, and she just like takes off. Yeah. And and for the majority of series arc in the first four episodes, <laughs> yeah. she's just running. And All she's running time. and she's like she finds a survival uh, a camp of survivors. Yeah. And like for a minute she feels like she's going to be safe, but then they're attacked and everyone right. dies and yeah. she meets this young um boy that we don't immediately meet. Like we don't understand who he is or what his no. name is. And he doesn't speak. He doesn't speak, but he takes care of her and he keeps her safe and he saves her he does. from that camp when they're being attacked. Yeah. And then the next time we see Siri um, in episode three, I think her and the boy are just traveling, right? They're in the woods. Yeah, they're they're trying to flee through the woods and they're sleeping and she wakes up in a trance. Yes. Yeah. And Dara, Dara, who we find, <laughs> I don't think we find out his name until after. So he, this boy follows after her mm-hmm. to save her and eventually snaps her out of her trance. Yeah. And that's when you realize that he can speak the same language. Yes. But he's an elf. Yeah. So he and takes so, off his hat and you can see his ears are pointy like elves. And that's like a huge like a huge thing because like elves at this point in in the timeline um 
in, in series timeline, elves are extinct, basically. Yeah, they're you like, know? there's very few of them. Yeah, the elves we had seen um, when uh, Geralt and Yasker were, were with the elves, that was decades earlier, right? So that was just yeah. when the elves were being pushed um, into the caves. And so, yeah, this is like, it's so it's crazy to see um, an elf. Like, it's just not, it's not heard of. And it's especially crazy because Siri has been giving everyone a fake name. Yes. Because she's, it's not exactly, like, her family doesn't have the best reputation mm-hmm. amongst the, uh, com- maybe commoners or, like, lower level right. royals in Sintra. Yeah. And so she gives Dara that name, too, mm-hmm. because her family started this genocidal war against his people so it's like why would she tell him yeah yeah exactly okay and then when do we that's honestly it for that episode and then at the end of episode four yes is when we see them enter into the forest yes and they meet with the dryads the dryads right and they have to drink this magical water that determines if you're like pure of heart basically yeah like this part of the forest is like heavily protected you cannot come inside like because yeah. they were on the run and being hunted the dryads pulled them in to protect them right um so to like prove their worthiness they have to drink from this bottle of water right and then so um dara who we find out his name is dara by then dara drinks the water and he's fine um mm-hmm. siri drinks it but for some reason they don't believe her yeah like it's, not, it's nothing happens i think and they're like okay we're gonna take you to the the source right so they do and she drinks the water right from the well and then she has this vision mm-hmm Yes. Yeah, she's, like, it, this vision of her in this, like, big wide open space, but there's, like, a tree there. Um, and and he asks her, like, child, what are you? Or yeah. Or something because, like that. Because obviously some weird shit's been happening to her. And she right. has this power, and I don't she's, think she understands how to use it. Right, exactly. Um, and then I think the last thing we sort of see about um Siri is back in Sintra. Um this Nilfgaard like birdman soldier guy. Um and his mage um Frangilla. Frangilla. They find the body of Calanthe. Right. She's like frozen in like the, you know, snow she, or Yeah, cuz she had jumped out the window um and um so they find her and then they what sorry what happens she like eats a piece of her so they make someone eat a piece of her and it's not it's not a birdman or a fringilla it's just like some random i think like soldier guy soldier okay and um he eats a part of her and then he like gets sick and dies um and then they open him up i think yeah and they can track series location through Calanthe's body part that the soldier ingested. I I honestly cannot remember. No, you've got like way more than I knew. So um <laughs> yeah, cool. We'll take that. <laughs> um so yeah, so they basically figure out that they know where Siri is. She's in the woods with the dryads. 
Yeah. And that's where series storyline ends for episode four. Yeah. And so with Geralt and Ciri, we can kind of see how their stories um, intersect, obviously, right? Like, he is our hero. She is his destiny. Like, that is all yeah. awesome, cool, clear. Mm-hmm. Our third main character, who we don't even meet until episode two, yeah. is a woman named Yennefer. And for the most part, she seems really separate from everything that we're, yeah. like, seeing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and her story actually starts decades before everything else. Yeah, her story, yeah, her story starts, I think, um, let me just look at the timeline, almost, like, 25 years before Geralt is fighting the Kikimura in the very first scene of episode one. But, of course, we don't know that because the show is not clear on any of its timelines. And it takes us a while to sort of figure out where Yennefer syncs up with the rest of the storylines. And we'll tell you. We'll tell you when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) When we meet her, it's like, I don't know, there's this, like, couple making out in a barn. And I think the one guy tries to give the girl some flowers and she drops them. And you see this, like, young girl with a hunch – Mm-hmm. Like, try and hand them the flowers. And she's, like, clearly very shy, but she's, like, trying to be sweet. And, like, this couple, instead of, like, taking the flowers and going, decide to bully her and, like, torture her. It's so, like, not unnecessary. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, it's really bad. And so in her, like, hope to sort of just b- grin and bear it, she accidentally transports herself to this, like, place. Yeah. It looks like a cave. And right. there happens to be a man in the cave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his name is Istred. Yes. And she, he tells her that she's in the Tower of the Gull. Yes. And that if she doesn't hurry... Whatever magic she had in her that prompted this portal was going to alert her. And we don't know who her is, but he helps get her back with this portal that, like, can't be tracked. Right. Yes. Yes. But uh, it doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. And this woman arrives in Yennefer's town, and her name is Tissaia. Yes. And she ends up buying Yennefer from her father for four marks which is like the the currency I guess yeah and like we hear a few different kinds of currency in the um show thus far but Mm -hmm. it makes it pretty clear that like four marks is like 40 bucks like it's like nothing it's like a very low amount of money yeah I feel like there's some sort of isn't there some sort of reference to something like less than a pig yeah yeah. yeah, like it's just, it's really nothing. He basically just does not want her around anymore. And um, basically is like, yeah, here, take her. Yeah, and it's it's horrible because obviously she's like bullied by everyone around her. Her father doesn't even love her. And now this like strange woman is coming to yeah. buy her. And Jennifer right. has like no idea what is going on mm-hmm. she's like locked in this room in a tower and she immediately like tries to harm herself she's like i can't take it i'm done i'm just i don't yeah. want to live anymore yes but it doesn't work thankfully because 
she soon becomes one of our favorite characters. And Tisea introduces herself as the Rectoress of Artuza. And I'm not sure, do they say what Artuza is? It's, I mean, it's a school for, like, magic, basically. But they don't, yeah. they don't really say that. But that's, that is basically what it is. Yeah, and you also find out that it's, like, just women, basically. It's yeah. Like young women. Yes, yes. So then we have, like... There's kind of, like, a bunch of scenes where, like, Yennefer is at school trying to learn this magic. It's not going well. Um, Tisea is, like, pretty mean to her. Yeah, they, he, she calls her Piglet. She doesn't even call her by her name for the majority of her training. Yes. Um, and uh, Yennefer, like, has a lot of issues controlling her emotions, and mm-hmm. she sort of psychs herself out on some assignments, and... She, like, doesn't always do the right thing. And, like, we basically spend, like, two episodes watching Yennefer figure out how to deal with her powers, how to deal with yeah. um, Tisea and the other girls, and, like, mm-hmm. f- figure out how to accept herself. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And in that time, when she's getting really stressed out, she goes to the tower because she realizes that our Artuza is close to the tower. Yes. And that's where Istred is. And yeah. And so they sort of have this, like, friendship slash Yeah, so affair. I guess, yeah, kind of, because they do end up, they do end up sleeping together, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. They have, like, a very sexual relationship at a certain point. Yeah, Um. because his, the Tower of the Gull, where she had originally, like, that tower that he's in, it's owned by the Brotherhood of Sorcery. Right, so you have Artuza, which is all of the um, female sorceresses, and that yes. sorceresses is that the plural for that? I think so. And then you have yeah, the Brotherhood, which is all dudes. Yeah. So where do so basically yeah, she's just trying to con- she's trying to work on her magic, control her emotions. Then something happens, and he gives. He gives Yennefer a flower, right? And she immediately yeah, so, brings it to Tisea? Yeah, so it's like... Yennefer had been divulging some things to Istrid in their relationship. Like that she's a quarter elf and that... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like things that were going on in her mm-hmm. trainings. Mm-hmm. And obviously Istrid was also sort of sharing some things with her. And... Um, yeah, there's this moment where they sleep together and he gives her this flower and she takes it to Tisea and you find out that Tisea has been asking Yennefer to, like, uh, spy. Spy, a yeah, kind of spy on the Brotherhood, yeah. Um, and in the flip, you find out that Stregobor, yes. our favorite shitty wizard, is also a part of the Brotherhood and he has been tasking Istrid with spying on Yennefer. Because yes. when we get there, there's this scene where the Brotherhood and the sorceresses, I don't know yeah. if they have a name. Yeah, I'm not um, really sure. Yeah. They're all meeting together to see where they're going to assign all of their um, trainees. Yes, because someone, it's almost graduation for Yennefer yes. and her like class of um, other sorceresses. <laughs> Guess, yeah, basically. and um, someone mentions that Yennefer is part elf, and to say is like, "Holy shit! How does anyone know of this?" And that's when she finds out that um, 
That's when Yennefer finds out that Istred had been spying on her. Right. And at that point, she is like, she is pissed, right? So she's still not very good at controlling her emotions. Um, And she's really mad. And so she goes to this, I don't even know, what, what is he called? Like... Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he's the one. So part of the graduation, it's like when you, you know, you are ready to graduate. This guy like makes you like look really pretty for the event. And like there's looking pretty naturally where you just like put on a dress and you are who you are. And he can also like alter your appearance. Right. Yes. And so um, Yennefer makes the decision that she basically is like, make me like gorgeous like make me the most beautiful (laughs) sorceress ever um and because of that um he basically performs a hysterectomy on her yeah it's because so one of the things that to say it teaches the girls at the very beginning is like there is no like there's a balance Mm -hmm. so if you create something if you do something you have something has to die in return so for her to sort of become beautiful Mm -hmm. she has to lose something it's like the cost right fertility is what it ends up being right yes so then and that's when at i think the last scene of episode three is like graduation right and they've decided you know yennefer is going to go to nilfgaard and frangilla is going to go to a uh what is the name of that uh adern or Adern, which is where Yennefer is from. Right. Um, And then um, in walks, like, the continent's next top model. Babarama. Yennefer Yennefer is looking amazing. I mean, stunning. Yeah, and she completely charms uh king verferl i think his name is um from adern um into taking her as the advisor and sends fringilla to nilfgaard instead and of course we know that fringilla and nilfgaard are evil little demons (laughs) they are (laughs) like and we yes. think, okay, well, this was her villain moment. This is when Fringilla yeah, turns into this a villain, is, when she this gets is fucked over by Yennefer. Fringilla's villain origin story, for sure. So then, in episode four, we have the first big time jump where we actually are told it's a time jump. Yes. And it's 30 years into the future. Oh, wait. Yes? We forgot to say, at the graduation party, we see so many different kingdoms. Yes. Yes. We see the kingdom of Tamiria. Tamiria. Yes. And yes. we see King Foltest and Princess Ada as children. Yes. And they're specifically called out by name, so we know that that's who they are. Yeah. And they're like little itty bitty babies. I mean, they're like 12. Right, right. So we know that Yennefer and this storyline predate Geralt and the Striga storyline. Right. And so that's when we first start to see the sort of hints as to where everything kind of falls chronologically. Right. Because up until then, we haven't really seen much um, that we don't really know other than um, Geralt and Yaskir at the wedding of Pavetta. Right. right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so we've 
um, in episode four, we've fast forwarded 30 years into the future. Um, Yennefer is like sick of being a mage. She's so She bored. is over it. <laughs> she is traveling with the queen and one of their daughters back to the castle. And it's like, basically, the king is trying to have the queen killed. Yeah, and it's like, so it's an interesting thing because you see Yennefer is bored to tears in the carriage and the queen is next to her complaining that she's just being considered a vessel for an heir. And that, like, I think they've only had daughters. Yeah, there's no boys. The king is very upset with her and... Mm -hmm. She even says to Yennefer, I envy your freedom. You can do whatever you want, and I'm stuck here. I'm just this, like, baby-making machine for the Mm -hmm. king. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. I guess even in fantasy worlds, women still get the shit end of the stick. Oh, why why would we have a fantasy world where the patriarchy does not exist? I mean, like, let's just bring it into the, the fun stuff. Why not? Honestly. So the caravan that they're traveling in is attacked by an assassin basically the queen is killed yeah and it, it's just by, like, like some like nasty weird right? assassin like, he's like a weird yeah. assassin he's like a weird eyeliner and stuff <laughs> <laughs> but yennefer basically teleport keeps like the, it, the yes. chase is really interesting like it's a really interesting yes, kind of scene it is. because she keeps teleporting them to different areas and mm-hmm. like trying to save the queen and then trying to save the baby and the most, I mean, it's horrible. I think the queen dies and Yennefer escapes with the baby, but the assassin throws a knife. And, like, when she lands through the portal, it had hit her and had killed the baby. Yeah, gone right through her um, into the And Yennefer so. is like, fuck this. I am done. Fuck this forever. Yeah. And she basically, she, like, buries the baby and she tells her, she says something about how, like, Basically, like, this life is shit, so maybe you escaped. Right. Like, maybe uh, this you know. is better for you than yeah, to grow exactly. up in this world. Right. So then she, then she just starts, like, slumming it, basically. <laughs> in a town, and she's just, like, making potions for people. Yeah, I think she's just sort of, she... She decides that she's going to figure out how to reverse her infertility. And yeah. she knows that she's going to need money for that. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she tries to figure out the best way to make money. And she opens up this shop in this town. Yes. But I can't remember the name of it. And she's making a killing, which is why I think the mayor of the town comes to collect, like, a tax. Mm-hmm. And Yennefer's like... No, dude, this is my money. You don't deserve it. Right. And that's when she gets arrested. And I think that's that's the last thing we see of her in episode four. Yeah, and that would be in like, so that was like 19, sorry, 19. That was like in 1240-ish. And we don't see her for like a while after that. A lot of time passes. Yeah, and so that is kind of where episode four ends for the witcher it's a lot a lot happens yeah it's a really interesting take on storytelling to just drop in all of these different timelines without necessarily explaining what the hell is going on to the audience Mm -hmm. and like i know a lot of people were a little 
thrown by that, but I kind of found it really fun. Yeah, I it forced you know me to pay attention in a way that I don't usually pay attention when I'm right, reading. right. And I also like, I mean, maybe if you had read the books or you had played the video game, it was less jarring to you, and so they were kind of counting on part of that. But also, as someone who had not read the books or had not played the video game, I still found it like kind of super interesting. And you really are like, there's an element of like interaction with for the audience because you want to try to figure out you're you want to try to figure it out you want to figure out you know okay well if this is happening then and where is this and where is this person at this point if this person's doing that so it's really it's really interesting I yeah think. it's like a where's waldo because when know, you start yeah. seeing yeah these characters pop up right like in the in the first episode when you meet musak and then he pops up again yeah, in episode in, four and you yes. see that he has this previous friendship with Geralt. You're like, hmm, okay. You know, yeah, like exactly. It is really interesting. And, you know, I think the season is paced really well because you have the first half that sort of sets up a lot of backstory for all these characters. And then five through eight, you sort of get to see how everything starts to come together. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. I well, love it. I'm so excited too. for season me two. Me too. I, I'm excited to go through like the last half of season one because I feel like that is like the best, like those, these last four episodes really just like all start to like mesh together and you're just like. <gasps> yeah, I think it's when the show starts to like find its footing too, yeah. you know, like well, we're it's not worrying lot- about syncing things up anymore. And despite the fact that the show does not tell us anything. Nothing. There's a lot of backstory to get through. So much. To get to episode five. But, like, it was never boring. It's never, no. like, it was never, like, oh, what is this trying to say? Like, it was never, it never felt like that. So, it'll be exciting to go through those last four episodes. And then I am so stoked for episode one of season two. Yeah, it's going to be so fun to watch. Especially because yeah. it's been a year. No, yeah. Right? It's, it's been, been a year. No, it's been two years. Almost two years. Almost <gasps> two years. It's been two years. You can't yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. See, because I did not Take watch it. it when it came out. Um, I think we watched it in, like, January of 2020. Pre-pandemic, yeah, we watched for it, sure. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's of, I think. I think because it came out in December. Yeah, yeah. So I think we watched it early January for me and my husband, for sure. And then, yeah, and I think, yeah, it was, like, probably pre... It was definitely pre-pandemic. I know that. Um, There's no way I could have... Un- like, my brain could not have comprehended the in- the heaviness and, like, the so much storytelling um, in those early pandemic days. Um, so it was definitely pre-pandemic. oh my gosh my goodness all right well (laughs) next week we will return with the back half of winter season one Mm -hmm. but in the meantime jenny anything that's tickling your fancy this past week um i do have one thing um, so two very good friends of mine, Holly Adams Easley and Esther Joy Archer, who are the co-hosts of the Wildly Tarot podcast, they wrote a book 
during the first year of the pandemic. It's called The History of Tarot Art and Demystifying the Art and Arcana Deck by Deck. And they go into just like this amazing look into art styles, artists, and like the history behind like I think it's like there's like over a dozen decks um, of like some of like the most noteworthy tarot decks. Um, and they it's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful coffee table book. It's like 12 by 12. It's like Ooh. an inch and a half thick. The pictures are gorgeous. It's it's just not only just the pictures, but like actually reading what they have to say. And it, it's really it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And I don't talk about this very much on the podcast, but in 2019, I actually created a tarot deck. You can find it. Online. It's beautiful. You can find it on my personal Twitter account, um, but it's called Le Beaumont Tarot. I mean, it's using fashion plates from the 1800s, and they actually put it in the book. So, which was like such an amazing thing for me to find out last year. Um, and I've just been waiting for it to come out so I could tell everyone. But yeah, um, so my deck was featured in um, the contemporary section of the book. And so that was really amazing because Holly and Esther were like super amazing cheerleaders for me when I was creating the deck in 2019. So yeah, I just wanted to give them a huge shout out and tell everyone to go and check it out. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's available on Chapters in um, Canada. And I think it's available um, Barnes & Noble in the U.S., but I'm not positive. But I know definitely it's on Amazon. So it's called The History of Tarot Art. And we will definitely link Holly and Esther's uh, podcast, uh, the Wildly Tarot podcast, uh, in our show notes. Yeah, So you can check them out because they have... Their podcast is really amazing. They not only do a ton of deck reviews for tarot card decks, but they also answer questions that listeners send in and they do tarot card readings for those questions. Um, But they also have some amazing Tarot 101 episodes. So if you're wanting to learn more about tarot, how to read tarot, what the meanings of the cards are, they have some really great um, sort of tutorial episodes as well. That's so cool. Yeah. What about you? What are you thinking about? What's on your brain? Oh my god. Well, what's on my brain is uh, my new puppy who is (laughs) literally driving me crazy, but in like a really good way. Just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But when I am not worrying about him like eating my couch or peeing on the floor, I've been watching Wheel of Time on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And like I need to to preface this by saying I've never read the books. I actually didn't even know the series existed until the show came out. Like I don't know where oh, same. I was same. that I missed this like fifteen book series that's like beloved by a lot of folks in the sci fi world. But the show is fun and good, and like again falls into the like <laughs> Middle Earth trope of right. design and style, where like every fantasy book takes place in like the hills of scotland right but the characters are really interesting i think it has a really modern take on like gender and sexuality which i know does not exist in the books but i think the showrunners have adapted it really well for 2021 it's pretty diverse too right the cast it's extremely diverse rosamund pike plays the lead or one of the leads and she's 
so good. Like, I could watch that woman drink water. It doesn't even matter. Um, she's so talented. But she's she's really good in this. And Daniel Henney's in it. And he's fine as hell, which is a vain reason to watch it. But, like, he's so pretty. <laughs> yes. But it's, like, the first, like, one or two episodes were kind of slow as they were, like, digging out the backstory. But, like, it's starting to really gear up. And I, like, highly recommend everyone watch it because it's so fun. Oh, yeah. I definitely – it's it's on my list of things to watch. Um, I have a couple other things to finish first. But – I definitely want to watch it and I definitely want to watch it now that I've heard that one of our favorites from The Last Kingdom, Arnis Federovicius, has been cast. Ooh, you in- said his name so smoothly. Girl, I'm impressed. Yeah, he has been cast in season two of Wheel of Time, which is amazing because, you know, The Last Kingdom, this is the last season is premiering next year. I mean, I know they do have the movie that's coming out. Um, as well but it's just nice to see some of our favorite actors from tv shows that we love that are ending to see that they're getting more work um especially being a netflix show i also heard that mark rowley who is in the last kingdom has been cast and i think just finished filming the witcher prequel series he's in that that's right so we're gonna (laughs) thankfully be able to talk about some of our last kingdom faves well beyond the tenure of the show which is amazing yeah so that is that's fun so yeah no i'm definitely looking forward to wheel of time there's a couple other movies that i want to watch that have come out i want to watch last night in soho and there's one with benedict cumberbatch where he's a cowboy yeah 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 something about the dog (laughs) yeah God, Kirsten Dunst is in it, and I think she's going to win the Oscar, and I'm so excited. But Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Yes, I really yes. want to watch that. It's Jane I'm, Campion, and I love her stuff. Me so I, too. Yeah, so yeah. I really I really want to watch those two. So I have, like, a bunch of things that I think I'm either going to watch <gasps> leading up into Christmas or, like, over Christmas, probably. I think you can honestly wait for Wheel of Time to finish. Yeah, and then okay. you can just binge. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. I'm just like flailing my hand around because I don't know how else to describe the fact that it's like not, it's not like a cultural moment yet. So you're not going to like get spoiled on anything, I don't think. And it's right. just, it'll be, it's yeah. the kind of show that I think it's cool Amazon is dropping weekly, but it could benefit from being a binge, you know? Right. Yeah. And like, I don't really care if I see spoilers for it. I'm not like, Eh, whatever you know yeah it's not like I'm not really like I'm not following all the hashtags on Twitter or anything so like <laughs> if I see things pop up I see things pop up but yeah. it really means not much to me <laughs> so yeah so yeah I'm gonna do that I will probably binge it but yeah I definitely I'm probably gonna watch that port the power of the dog this weekend I think and then yeah that last night in Soho my husband has already watched it and he has did he demand- like it he has demanded that we watch it a second time so I can watch he he loves it so much he wants to watch it like six times so okay (laughs) yeah I like that but he is a huge um Edgar Wright fan so and Uh, I am I'm like not not a fan yeah but I feel you I'm in the same boat like like I love Scott Pilgrim (laughs) love Scott Pilgrim see Um, I did not like I, I mean, love Scott Pilgrim. I liked some of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, like you like Chris Evans in Scott Pilgrim. That is correct. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's like his best, best role, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> yeah. The thing is about Scott Pilgrim, 
being someone who has lived in Toronto for <laughs> a very long time. Okay, okay. I was like, hmm, really? That's like, there was some good things, I guess, but it could have been better. And also, I just hate Michael Sarah. <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> I just don't like him. I can't stand him. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's a fine person. But I can't stand him and I can't stand his mustache. And so, like, I just, there's just something about him that irks me. So. I mean, that's fair. Scott Pilgrim to me works because of the supporting cast more so. Sure, than that's fair. Michael that's Sarah, fair. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Shut up, George Michael. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm fine with it. But no, I, so that is my long winded tangent. Thanks for coming, guys. Much appreciated, Jenny. <laughs> Pals, you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com if you want to check out our old episodes. You can email us all of your thoughts on how we butchered the names of Witcher characters and or Witcher places, uh, hotelvicarious at gmail.com. We probably won't respond, but feel free to send them to us. You can find (laughs) us. We know we screwed up. Uh, You can find us uh, on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Hotel Vicarious. And that's it, folks. We appreciate you coming along for the ride of this recap. Yes, we had a great time. Thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. 